Keys to victory for the San Francisco 49ers against the Kansas City Chiefs in week seven. And a lot of nostalgic feels this week with the reunion, the 10-year reunion from the 2012 San Francisco 49ers. Maybe some comparisons of uh, not only coaches, but players from 10 years in the past in 2012 to the current San Francisco 49ers. All that and more coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock alongside Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter. Thanks for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. A lot of feels this week, Croc. Not only the rematch of Super Bowl 54 with the Kansas City Chiefs coming to Santa Clara, but a bunch of other folks coming to Santa Clara. According to Tim Kawakami, former 49ers head coach Jim Harbaugh will be there. Both quarterback Colin Kaepernick and Alex Smith have been invited. We don't know exactly who's going to show up here, but should see some names like Justin Smith, Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman, former defensive coordinator, maybe future defensive coordinator Vic Fangio. Even Alden Smith uh, has been invited to attend. So we'll see who all is there. I'm sure there's going to be a whole bunch more as well. It's going to be fun to see all those folks and kind of reminisce on on that 2012 team. Uh, Such an interesting era of San Francisco 49ers football. Well, I have a question for you, Peacock. Okay. And this question is, why are they honoring that team? Well, if you wait to honor a Super Bowl winning team, you never get to honor anybody. Okay. okay. So, like, so, I, this is the best. This is your only shot. Like, <laughs> how, how many years are you going to wait to honor somebody if you, if you have to wait for the team that wins the Super Bowl? So, um yeah, but but I get it. That's a good question. But, you know, it's time. Ten years. This is a good team. They had some good runs. So why not bring some folks back? And They like, were I, good. Alex Smith, with everything he's gone through, Colin Kaepernick, I feel like those guys like bring the house down when they come out, right? Even Jim Harbaugh, because everyone loved him. They kind of hated him. Do they love him again? Do some people still hate him? Uh, he's a really interesting guy. I think everybody, you know, especially in the moment, you go through these ups and downs, and me included. And we've had a wave of emotions about Kyle Shanahan and the job that he's doing with the 49ers. Things have been up and down. And you try not to hit the panic button. You give him the benefit of the doubt. But, you know, we're six years in. He's still under 500 as a coach. And, again, I understand the context. But I say all that to say there's always this wave of emotions. And I think that's the same thing that has happened with our man uh, Jim Harbaugh. And during his time there, and now you look back on it and it's like, eh, it wasn't that bad. I, I think that that last year was so bad just because I feel like everyone but the fans knew, hey, this is li- literally coming to an end. And I think the players felt it. I think it rubbed off on everybody in the locker room and they had their worst year, which was still an eight win team. Right. But those first three years, remember, remember before that last year. They were talking about Jim Harbaugh potentially being traded to the Browns. And I just thought it was BS, but I think it might have been something that was a little bit more true. Right. Yeah. They got uh, a little tired of him pretty darn quick, Jim Harbaugh. And I mean, his record speaks for itself. And, you know, we got to ask the question because that's what's been asked on social media all week long. We got to compare Jim Harbaugh and Kyle Shanahan. 
who's the better coach? Who would you take? Right. But before we get to that specific question and we will get to, to the game this week and, and uh, what the 49ers must do to beat the Kansas city Chiefs Sunday. But um, the, the team that Harbaugh inherited was better than the team that Kyle Shanahan inherited, but it's not like they were winning. And you didn't realize how good they were until Harbaugh showed up. It was like, oh, damn, this team's really good. So and they weren't really good the year before, even though it's mostly all the same players. So that's where that I have a question then, right? Because if we talk about, right, like you, you'll say, man, Alex Smith, you inherited Alex Smith and he was really good for your team. And y'all went off and y'all rattled off 13 wins year one. But you have to acknowledge that prior to 2011, Nobody wanted Alex Smith on the 49ers. Nobody wanted Alex Smith. Alex Smith got booed, and, and they wanted to bench him for David Carr. Like, that happened. They, they played yeah. back and forth with Alex Smith and Troy Smith or whoever it was. Like, nobody wanted him. So when we talk about the team that, that Harbaugh inherited, he inherited a bunch of guys that is like, maybe they can play. Maybe they can't. You knew a couple guys could play. Right, you knew Patrick Willis. He's he's a stud. Yeah. You knew you had him, and you knew Justice Smith. You know, like okay, he's a good football player, Justice Smith, whatever. You didn't know how good, but you knew like okay, he could play some ball. But remember, he was a tweener. He like played a different position when he played for the Cincinnati Bengals and put on a lot more weight. Like yeah. he was not the same type of player. So when we talk about the team that they inherited, yes, good players, but they weren't viewed that way until Harbaugh uh, showed up. And then he got these guys to play at a level to where now, all of a sudden, everybody's a pro bowler. Some of those guys didn't even play early on. Like Terrell Brown, he was like, I think that was his, I think he got his second contract that year and he had started like two games prior to that. Next thing you know, he's starting corner for three straight NFC championship games. You had, uh, who was it, uh, Deshaun Goldson. He yeah, barely played the first couple years. Next thing you know, he's Eric favorite. Crocker's favorite player on the team. You know, and he's <laughs> exactly. an all-pro, and he's getting six picks in the season. So, yes, inherited good players that nobody knew they were good. So how much credit do you give to just, oh, this roster stacked, as opposed to Jim and his coaching staff and Fangie and those guys deserve a lot more credit for what they did with that roster than what they're getting. Well, I will say – it was. It would have been very unlikely for Jim Harbaugh to win a bunch of games with the roster that Kyle Shanahan inherited. So I think that's the difference. It wasn't so much that they won more, but it, and and it, it, the same thing happened with with Shanahan in. Do you remember 2019? Like one of the biggest things for me, uh, the team after 2018, it was like, okay, you got Garoppolo, he got hurt, and it's like they're drafting a punter in the fourth round. I was like, you guys a punter away? You guys really think your roster is this good? And all of a sudden, I was like, oh. They are good. They went to the Super Bowl in 2019. Like, I didn't expect that, right? Once he kind of got some pieces, then he had it going. And it took a couple years, but I, I don't think you could argue that the 2017 roster was better or as nearly as good as the 2011 roster that, that Harbaugh took. I, I, I don't think that you can say that because of how, you know, he, they tore it down and they added a bunch of guys. And But I will say this, and people forget this, that team won six games. 2017, they won six games. There was a stretch where they lost like five straight ga games by three or less points. So if Harbaugh is three or more points better as a coach than 
Shanahan and getting the most out of those players or whatever it is, then we're talking about a potential 11-win team. If I mean, you could say that I think if Garoppolo's there all year, because then there's your Alex Smith comparison. But like, I, I, Jim Harbaugh wasn't going to go in 11 games with CJ rookie CJ Beathard and, and Brian Hoyer. Well, Jim Harbaugh would have went into that season with Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. No, you're you're definitely Who right about that. They, Here's- you know, that staff did not want because he was divisive. Okay, before we, we, we make our calls of which coach we think is the best and, and which coach you would want to go uh, win some games with between Jim Harbaugh and Kyle Shanahan, uh, I do want to bring this point up. And this is the biggest point to me, and this is probably pretty telling with – you can probably figure out which way I'm going to go on this, is take the winning percentage out of it. Which coach, which coach would have – allowed Patrick Willis to play three more years that we could have got to see, right? Could we have seen a career of Chris Borland? What would that have looked like? Um, Talking about the police blotter that was going on, right, with some of the things. I think that adds to it. It's not just, okay, who won the most games? It's everything else that goes along with it beyond the first three years of winning. You know what I mean? So you can take the peak. But what else was what else came with it? Let's get a little bit more into that next. Let's decide who is the coach. Who <laughs> do you want as your head coach? Jim Harbaugh or Kyle Shanahan next. And of course, some keys to victory. What the 49ers have to do to beat the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday next. Simply safe. Here's the sports analogy. When it comes to burglars and you're trying to keep your home safe, that's why you have a security system your home is like the end zone so you need the absolute strongest defense you can muster so why not throw nick bosa you know by the garage with a camera uh javon kinlaw at the front door ready to bounce anybody that you don't want there right uh you've got charvarius ward over here on this window uh you've got eric armstead over here on this back door right that's how you build the strongest team to defend your property and your home at simply safe your safety is the only thing that matters. It's the cutting-edge technology powered by 24-7 professional monitoring. Always have your back. They always have your back, no matter if you're home or not, so you know your home is safe. And we're talking crystal clear HD cameras. And when you when you have something, and maybe you, something happens on your property, you have evidence. You don't want some grainy footage of something that could be anybody. You want crystal clear HD video so you can see what happened. If your neighbor creeps into your yard, like, I know who that is. That's Bob. And I got you on video, Bob, right? Um, 24-7 monitoring. Simply safe tech support staff always available for you. Any number of high-tech sensors for whatever windows, whatever doors you need, you can make that system fit for you exactly as you need it. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Thanks again, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day. Make sure you check out NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL. Locked On's local experts give you the inside scoop on the five biggest games of the NFL weekend, including Sunday and Monday Night Football, plus betting advice from the field's leading experts bet online. Follow NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, 
and wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Croc. Who, between Harbaugh and Shanahan, so far, who had the best peak? You can define Harbaugh. peak as one season, as three seasons. They both lost the Super Bowl. Was the 2019 season worse than the 2012 season? When you say who had the best peak, that that's tough because she, Harbaugh's entire time was essentially a peak. I mean, obviously, like, you had the down year. But, I mean, he was only there four years and went to three straight NFC championships in that time and a Super Bowl. So, when you just look at, you know, a, a peak, it was always a peak. So, I have to give that – I have to take that over. Like, okay, oh, we're trash. Okay, we're trash. Okay, we're – oh, it's Super Bowl. And then, oh, we're trash again. Oh, it's championship. And yeah. then, oh, uh, this guy a good coach? And now you're questioning it. I think uh, – I think – when is right because when we talk about peaks right now with shanahan you're having more peaks and valleys more valleys for sure with shanahan like that's no question the peaks are awesome with him mm -hmm. the weird part about kyle's peak is it when you start to look back on it now it feels like the 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 peak is more about everybody else and what they're doing the defensive guys the solids the the uh D'Amico ryan's and not so much the part that you control the most. Where with Harbaugh, even though, you know, he seems like an offensive guy, he was a CEO. He wasn't calling plays on the offense or defense, or he caught the call plays, but didn't call like first down, but it was kind of weird stuff. But it was more so of, I'm going to get these guys ready to play football. And that's my job. And I think he did a better job of that than what Kyle does at his job. Yeah, I think Jim Harbaugh really, especially initially, really instills confidence in his players. But here's the other question. How important, and now in hindsight, knowing how careers have gone, how important was Vic Fangio to all of this? It wasn't like, oh, Vic, they got Vic Fangio. It's over. Best defensive coach in the NFL. Looking back, how important was Fangio to Harbaugh's success? I think he was very important, but Harbaugh at Michigan has had very similar success. Like, his teams are good. Not yet to get, get the butt kicked to you know against georgia or whoever it was yeah. but right now michigan what are they undefeated right like they have not lost a game and they show up and they kick butt every single week so one thing is very consistent with harbaugh and his coach teams they're they're gonna win games and he's doing it without fangio so i think you have to give him a, a little bit more credit because now we've seen him do it in multiple locations and not just that he kicked butt at stanford it was him he kicked butt at San Diego? Like, yeah. it was him. So it's like everywhere he's going, he's kicking butt. How important on the flip side is Kyle Shanahan to Robert Sala and D'Amico Ryan's success? Like, should Kyle Shanahan be, be calling, should he be a defensive coordinator, you know, at this point? It's like, what's going on? The Shanahan, the, Shan the whole Shanahan thing is, is starting to get pretty weird. And I would say if you polled 49ers fans, if we ask this question in the offseason, I think Shanahan might win in a landslide. I think Shanahan right now, if you pull the fans, I think you would get more people voting for Harbaugh than any time since probably pre-Super Bowl, maybe. Right. Uh, I know my guy Grant Cohn has said all along, oh, Robert Sala is the best coach on his team. And then now it's Demigo. Demigo Ryan is the best coach on his team. And he gets a lot of pushback. But... I'd say this. This is where I give Kyle Shanahan a lot of props. 
I think he is an amazing talent evaluator from the coaching staff to the players. I think he evaluates people that can help him extremely well. I would push back on the player side of that. I think he's got strengths and weaknesses. I think he's missed a lot and forced some really bad front office moves. I think he's awesome coach evaluator and coach developer. I think that's clear. I think it's probably he might be the best, right? Now that we know <laughs> six years in, I think it's probably his biggest superpower is his ability to get other coaches in. And 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 they've lost, and that's one of the things this year nobody really talks about is how many coaches Shanahan has lost now. Right. He's about to lose another head coach, another guy too being head coach. I think I think with the players, it, because it, it sounds like he puts the I think the fifty three man that like that's his. Yeah, right? I mean he's he's got final say on everything. That he's so the, at the end with the roster the way it is like heading into this year, heading into this year, the way it was constructed, you look at it on paper, oh this is a top five roster. So I think you do have to say that he's a good talent evaluator. Now, whose fault is it that they're not playing to their the the standard of which we think they can. And you can't even blame him on defense. It's really like offense. And that's his baby. But they're the, play- the players are right. So if he loved Debo Samuel and Ayuk and George Kittle and Kyle Juszczyk bringing him in, he's got those right. Like those, those are the right yeah. players. You're just not getting the the consistent production out of it and, and as it pertains to wins, at least this year, that you would like to see. It, that's tough because Bosa is so important. He was like the only pick to be made. That was easy. That too. Yeah. Like the, you know, it's not like some great scouting job by anybody. Like that was the pick. And I was like, other people are like, ah, oh, maybe you take Josh Allen there or some other, like you take Nick Bosa period. Like that's it. There's no discussion. Nick Bosa is the pick. And I, I kind of thought maybe Quentin Williams. Cause I was, I was envisioning Quentin Williams next to uh, DeForest Buckner. I thought Quentin Williams is good, but I, I didn't think there was really a comparison between Bosa to, to Quentin. It was clearly right. Bosa, and I think every team except for the Cardinals, and if somebody else, if Cardinals were two and someone else took um, Kyler Murray one, Cardinals would have taken Bosa two at two. So I think 32 teams would be, would have been in agreement on Bosa being the guy. That, I mean, that was an easy pick, so it's hard. You know, They didn't screw it up, so good job. But um, And then is, is Kyle Shanahan the point man on fifth, fourth round, you know, fifth round picks? And undrafted free agents, you know what I mean? Like, well, a, you just say he has to sign off on it. Yeah, I say. Yeah, but that's clearly when he's got less involvement in the picks. When the 49ers yeah. been better, and it's like Trent Williams is that he's like, oh, yeah, how about we trade for the best defensive or best offensive tackle in the league for a fourth round pick? You know? like, I would do that. You would is that, that? Yeah, is that like a scout? He's like, hey, I scouted this guy. You may have heard of him. Plays in Washington. His name's Trent Williams. Have you guys heard of this guy? You know what I mean? It's like, it's not. Like and Trent guy. Williams was like, well, I want to go play for Kyle. <laughs> just two of the best defensive players on the 49ers right now. And through this whole Shanahan journey of six years is Eric Armstead and Jimmy Ward, who were like the only two players left from the old regime. Right. Well, and I, I give him some credit for keeping them when everyone else, fans included, were like, get these guys off the team. They can't stay healthy, which right now they're both hurt. So, but it's like they can't stay healthy. And now we look at them like Eric Armstead, please hurry back. Damn good football player. Jimmy Ward, please hurry back. Damn good football player. Right. You also, the reason that teams are so close to the vest when it comes to the draft and don't talk about stuff is because you don't want people to come back and be like, you said Brandon Ayuk is the best receiver in the draft. You shouldn't say that on record. Even if you believe it, just because it's very unlikely that that's going to be the case. And Brandon Ayuk's fine. This isn't to to you know say Brandon Ayuk's a bad player. Anymore. Brandon Ayuk had a breakout game 
where he had eight catches and 80 yards. Now it was two touchdowns, but I, to me that just when we start talking about just the standards of the offense and, and how it, where I'm seeing tweets and it's like, Brandon Ayuk's breakout game, eight catches, 80 yards, two touchdowns. And I'm like, yeah, like, you know, like 83 yards. That's, that's, that's the, <laughs> that's the high water mark here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. All right. So I get what they're the, saying though, but yeah. it's still like, that's to, in my opinion, that's not a breakout game. If I wanted to win one game, give me Jim Harbaugh. Uh, but for the coach of my team, I'm still taking Kyle Shanahan over Harbaugh. The peaks have been there. The valleys have been rough. But, man, the valleys and the vibe were kind of rough with Harbaugh, too. And how long could that last? Like, three years is cool, but you didn't win a title. Give me, you know, a decade. And give me a coach that maybe doesn't grind his players so hard that everybody ends up hating him and you got guys getting arrested. And maybe we could have seen a couple more years of, the best linebacker in franchise history that doesn't just all of a sudden walk away and retire, right? Maybe Chris Borland, you get to see his whole career. So for those reasons, career long, give me Kyle Shanahan. Uh, if I had to win one game though, I'll take Harbaugh. I think you get guys to run through a wall for you and, and go grind out a victory. I think if I had to go one season, I would go Harbaugh. Mm -hmm. Because even then it's like, well, if the guys are tired of banging after that year, whatever. But if yeah. I, <laughs> I got you for this year, we're going to do whatever we got to do to win. And we know, I just, I love, I saw it, I saw it on Twitter and I just love seeing him bang Cap's shoulders, bang, bang uh, Alex Smith's shoulders and tap their helmets before the game. And it's just like knowing what that means to the football player. Yeah. Like, that, man, my, my coach is riding with me. I would and like he to had that effect on a lot of his players. I mean, that, that's why. Oh, he inherited a great roster. Like, well, he instilled this certain level of confidence within themselves that he actually had confidence in them as well. And you go out there, you're going to be the best version of you. We're prepared. Everybody was the best, right? Remember that. I love that. It, oh, uh, Alex Smith. Oh, yeah, man, he's great. He's great. Best player I've ever coached. Colin Kaepernick. Oh, he's great. He's amazing. Best player I've ever coached. Everybody's the best player he's ever coached, right? But yeah. I like that, man. I just think it's. It's uh, I think that's different, and we don't get that with with Shanahan. So not to say Shanahan, I think Shanahan's a damn good coach, but I like, I I lean more towards Harbaugh. Yeah, and and Harbaugh is a lot more like the guy that coached you with the Jets and Rex Ryan too. In in, in a different way, but yeah, they 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 definitely have their they're different, but yeah, Rex, he was all those things. He was a a, a great. X's and O's guy, he was an amazing teacher. I learned so much about teaching, which I didn't even truly understand until I got there. And I'm like, wow, this guy is a teacher. And then just the uh, player coach and, you know, just asking how you're doing, mentioning you by name. Um, you know, uh, you know, I, I see him having drinks with guys. Like, you know, it was just the, the stories he would tell. He was just, he was great. He was great. It sucks that that, offense with the Jets was so bad it was so terrible I do feel like there's some awkwardness if, if there was something that I think Shanahan could take away from Jim Harbaugh it's that propping up his players there's this weird you know the doghouse environment there's something personality wise and sometimes it feels like hey he's one of the guys it's a great locker room there but there still seems like there's something missing I think he could probably take that from Jim Harbaugh maybe that would take his coaching to the next level 100%. But he can't help it. He's like his dad. Which yeah. his dad, what? What, he went two Super Bowls? So, I mean, it's yeah. not like it's a bad thing. And, I mean, listen, 
we are nitpicking here. These are two guys who have had a decent amount of success with the 49ers and not like this 10-year span, right? So you're nitpicking at things that you like and don't like, et cetera. But I think overall, I definitely appreciate both of these guys for what they've done with the 49ers and both of them for bringing the 49ers out of really dark places. All right, next. What things do the 49ers have to do to beat the Kansas City Chiefs in week seven? And if you want to bet on this game or any others in the NFL all season long, tons of props, Super Bowl champion, uh, 49ers dropped again to about 16 to 1 odds that you could get on if you still like those 49ers this year at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting and uh, the start of the new basketball season. NBA going. It's fun to see the Warriors beat down uh, the, the, the Los Angeles Lakers that are now uh, probably going to have a really long season. Unfortunately, for my co-host, find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth analysis on every single game, no matter the sport. Bet online remains your continued source for sports wagering information to be informed on those wagers, live betting up to the minute scores for every sport out there. So get over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends and all the action at Bet Online, where the game starts. So National Tight Ends Day this weekend, Croc. Travis Kelsey's going to be out there. How about this quick question, though? This this hit me last night. Would you take George Kittle and whoever else or the combination of 2012 tight ends, Vernon Davis and Delaney Walker? Oh, man. I'm going with Vernon Davis and Delaney Walker. And this is not a hindsight. Listen, I love Kittle. I love everything he stands for, and I think he is very underutilized in this offense. I think there's so much more to Kittle. Uh, and when I say underutilized, I mean as a pass catcher, right? He's overutilized as a blocker. But from an ability standpoint, he might be a, really a combination of both Walker and Davis in one. Mm -hmm. But if you tell me that I can get both of those guys and insert them, especially in this offense – Ooh, smoking. That would be – I'd take those two guys. Vernon Davis could hit the seam. He had no wiggle, but, man, he could hit the seam. He was fast, and he was a pretty good blocker. He was a strong guy. And then Delaney had, was the opposite. He had that that smoothness to him. He, he could move around. He wasn't the biggest guy, but uh, mismatch. He was you know, a receiver. You know he was a receiver in college. He was a wide receiver in college. He was a kick returner in college. And he was a kick returner for the 49ers. Think about how uh, Kyle Shanahan would utilize him, move him around, H-back type stuff, right? It's, it's, that would be like – Kyle Juszczyk on steroids because he was an H-back. Originally, De Delaney Walker yeah. wore number 46. He was basically the Chris Cooley of this offense. They yeah. motioned him. He was in the backfield. And then he started to kind of transition into a little bit more of a traditional tight end, but not even. He wasn't really a traditional tight end until he put on number 82 for the Tennessee Titans and started going to all these Pro Bowls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That yeah. was the first time. For the 49ers, he was kind of just this – fullback kind of a tight end but we could split him out and oh by the way go return some kicks in the pinch really unique player um is that's key to number one for me though get 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 george kittle involved early and then keep throwing it to him not just the first drive right keep it going he is too good of a weapon 49ers have not used him enough let's go let george kittle go win national tight ends day george kittle Key number one for me for the 49ers, blocking game, but especially the passing game. Let's get him involved. I think for me, key number one, and this is probably going to contradict 
uh, a lot of my feelings on kind of the passing game and whatnot, but I think it's established the run game. The mm -hmm. run game has been very hit and miss, and the Kansas City Chiefs, they actually have a strong run defense, but I just watched the Las Vegas Raiders go to town on that defense, running the ball with Josh Jacobs. And I look at that like, man, what could the 49ers do if they can establish a run game like that and then work their pass off of that, which is essentially what they want to do. And then we, we might start to see more of the offense that Eric Crocker has been complaining about, right? I've been complaining about the offense now, but if you can establish that run and then attack one of the worst pass defenses in the league, that's where I think is key number one and where the 49ers will have the most success. We touched on this yesterday with Chris Clark in the uh, week seven crossover episode, but I mean, it's so important for the 49ers to get some of these players back. We don't know what's going on with Tano Hufanga yet with the concussion protocol. He hasn't practiced all week. Armstead, Abelcom, um, McGlinchey, Ward hadn't practiced early in the week, still have a chance to get out there Friday and practice kind of day to day for a lot of these guys. But it was good to see Nick Bosa on the field, Jimmy Ward in a limited fashion on the field, getting some of those guys back, especially Bosa, to take advantage of maybe one of the weak points on the outside at tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs and, and and create some havoc. That is so, so, so important. Like there's nothing more important to winning this game for the 49ers than getting Bosa and getting in Patrick Mahomes' face, maybe push him into some mistakes. And, um, you know, Trent Williams obviously is really important for both the run and pass on the offensive side of the ball. But, man, uh, Bosa eating. Drake Jackson had, came out with a little knee injury there, um, tied, with all, tied, tied for the lead with all rookies in uh, with three sacks limited participant in practice, getting those guys out there and creating some pressure on Patrick Mahomes. So important. So that's, that's a big one for me in this game. Patrick Mahomes, his play has been a little weird because you just see these super high moments. And then these moments where it's like, Oh man, they really miss Tyreek Hill. Yeah. I've watched a decent amount of their games. I probably watched four out of their six games or, or whatever they played. And there's, there are a decent amount of times where, where you could say he misses Hill. But then there's other times where it's like, oh, that's Mahomes, and that's why he does special things, and you, know, you can't stop that. There's no defense for that. So I, what what version of Mahomes are the 49ers going to get? And now I think that takes me to my key number two as well is Drake Jackson. He's a guy right now with half the pass rush snaps of Aiden Hutchinson, but they have the same amount of sacks, and they lead all rookies with three sacks on the season so far. Can you get him involved more? Can you get him more snaps? And if so, does that help take some pressure off of Bosa, which I don't even know if Bosa feels pressure. He just goes and he goes to the, gets to the quarterback. But you got to generate more pressures than what you had last week. Now, I mentioned before, like, oh, man, 49ers didn't get a lot of pressure on the quarterbacks. They only had three. Well, there were only, like, 15 dropbacks. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like you had a whole lot of opportunities. But you're definitely going to have opportunities here because they don't run the ball a whole lot. And I think if you're going to get it, you're going to have to get a little bit more out of Drake Jackson. And when I say get more out of him, I mean just get more uh, opportunity out of him so that he can really help you get to the quarterback. Yeah, and you might have to if Abelcom can't go in this one. And what's funny about Drake Jackson is he still doesn't even know what he's doing. He's so raw out there. He's a pup. And But you see the movements and you see this burst that he has in the length and you see how he can turn a corner, which is just, you know, pretty rare ability. And it does take a while sometimes for pass rushers as he gets better with his technique and, you know, I see them moving him around. He's, you know, mugged up in the middle of the front on one snap will come off the edge on another snap. He's going to get better and better. 
And that's what excites me about Drake Jackson because he's producing now and he still, he doesn't even know what he's doing yet. All right, what else we got here? Looking at this football game, um, I I see a two and a half point line. Did you think it was the, that the Chiefs would be favored by more? I thought it might look a little bit more like what we saw from the 49ers versus Falcons, which was four and a half. Yeah. And it ended at four and a half. It was actually started bigger. I wanted to be able to take the home dog 49ers in this game with the feels of the, you know, Super Bowl rematch and the 2012 team coming back. I think there's going to be a vibe in the stadium. Um, and and I would, I, I thought maybe the betters might be sleeping on the 49ers and getting some players back and, and how good that defense can be. And maybe 49ers hit a couple plays on offense that they missed on in previous weeks. But two and a half points is kind of not enough to scare me off. I think, you know, I think realistically the Chiefs are coming in a, a, as a better football team right now. And we'll see if the 49ers can put it together this week. But I've got Chiefs by a field goal. And um, yeah, two and a half points is enough. I, I want that five and a half points. Yeah. yeah, let's go home underdog Niners are going to surprise some folks. And, and the Niners can absolutely win this football game. But yeah, they got to be healthier. And there, there's just too many questions right now going into this one of who's actually going to be out there for them. I'm definitely staying away from this game. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, I don't like that two and a half points for them. I mean, if, if you told me they won on the last second field goal, I'd, I'd believe it. Uh, you know, I still have my biggest question mark, which is about the offense. And I think the 49ers defense will show up enough in, against, you know, a, a team that can put up points. But can the offense kind of match that? And that's been a huge question of mine for the last few weeks. And it continues to be a question, especially after last week's performance. So if you told me you're going to get that same performance out of the 49ers, hopefully the offense is better. Hopefully you don't have a couple drops. Hopefully there's not a holding that takes back a big IU play. But we're asking for a lot because right now what we've seen throughout the season is more of a, an inefficient offense yeah. than someone. like It wasn't like last week was, oh, man, I, I can't believe this. They only scored 14 points. Like, no, they lost the game where the defense gave up nine points. Right. Yeah, yeah. it's they, they got to get figure something out on offense, get it more efficient, get it humming a little bit. But you could feel like it, it's close. If Jeff Wilson, and we know, is going to be the, the lead back again this week, who do, who do you give the second most carries to? Because you said one of the keys is establishing the run. Like, Tevin Coleman, is he still that guy? Or should we see the rookies? Whether it's Jordan Mason's got one carry for seven yards on the uh, on the year. Clearly, there's something about his game that they're not putting him on the field. But what about Ty Davis Price? He's been a third-round pick on this guy. He was healthy last week, got like a fullback play. Can we start to see him as RB2? Potentially, could he be RB1? Like, I'm kind of looking to that this week. Yeah. That's that's a that's a big one there, and I think you got to start getting the ball more in tight of his Price's hands. He has, for how it feels like they want to run, he definitely fits that style of a guy who has a little wiggle to him, but man, he can you know put that foot in the ground, get vertical right now, and he can get those five, six, seven yards, and actually has a little bit better, longer speed than Wilson, and it's not anything too crazy, but. He right. can bring an explosiveness, but he just hasn't had the touches and opportunities. So I do think you just – let me just start running him. And we saw a little bit early on, and again, it was hit and miss, but as the offensive line gets better with run blocking, which I think that's just been bad across the board for the most part, if they can get better there, uh, continue to kind of build that continuity, I think a guy like Tyler Price get a little bit more comfortable with what he's seeing and how to run in his offense, you give him his opportunity. So he should be the 
get the second most touches. Will he? Uh, Kyle doesn't like playing rookies when, if he doesn't feel like they're not ready. Yeah, yeah, and and he does like himself some Tevin Coleman too, who he drafted with the Falcons. Um, put George Kittle over there next to Trent Williams and run left a whole bunch. How about that for a key to victory? Yeah. All right, thanks everybody for making Locked On 49ers your first listen. Croc and I, of course, will be here post game to break it all down right here. Locked On 49ers.